it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. Our Super Bowl previews continue as we've got a couple of guests lined up live from Las Vegas ahead of the big game. We've got a returning guest as Charles Patterson sits down with his good friend Richard Graves. And then we've got a Stramash first as we're joined by one of the best social media content creators in the NFL since she broke onto the scene in May 2020. We're delighted and excited to be joined by the great Annie Eager. So absolutely delighted to be joined now by somebody that is one of our most requested guests, making her debut on the Shramash podcast. Please welcome the wonderful Annie Agar. Oh, thank you, guys. I cannot believe most requested. I'm flattered. <laughs> Genuinely, we've gone out to the people in our community and asked them, who would they like to hear from ahead of the Super Bowl? And your name always comes up. Your name always comes up as someone that we try and get. Now, I will say to Annie as well, I didn't tell you this in the preamble that we spoke about before. I messaged you, I think, in 2020, when you were first breaking onto the scene to say, hey, do you fancy coming on our podcast and having You're a chat? Kidding. And you absolutely you ghosted us. We got no reply, oh. nothing. But that's fine. <laughs> Wow! Even back then, I was too big for my own for my own good. My good. Four years later, four years later, we finally got her. We finally got her. Oh, it's so worth it. So worth it. Absolutely. So, listen, you broke onto the scene May 2020 in mm -hmm. that famous college football Zoom call chat, uh, and really since then, it's just been up and up and up and up from there. Did you ever think when you recorded that video, it would take off in the way that it did? Not at all. Not at all. And it's so it's so funny. I just was talking to I flew into Vegas. So I was just talking to the person who's in the sitting next to me um, on my flight. And he was is an older gentleman. And he asked if people had come up to me while I was boarding and they said, you know, love your content, um, follow you on TikTok, all this stuff. So the guy next to me said, OK, I got to know what you do now. So I said, well, I do NFL stuff. And he's like, oh, I don't follow the NFL, but I don't have to look you up. And he said, well, when you I told him my whole life story and he said, well, when you did your first video, did you expect all of this to happen. And I thought back on it. And I was like, no, I, I honestly didn't even do the video to get millions of views or followers or all that. I just had this idea during COVID and we were all kind of down and depressed because COVID was, you know, it was a, it was a rough time. And, um, I, I just thought this is the time we need to like, we need something to laugh about. We need some comedic relief. And I think that honestly is why I did the first video. I had this concept about the big 10 getting, um, football back because of COVID. And, you know, we weren't talking about football because it had kind of stopped and everything was just so down. I thought now might be the time to bring some comedy. So, uh, I think it was just right timing. And I didn't even script out that video. I just put it out there. And my sister made fun of me. I have a little sister and she's like, don't even try to get on TikTok. You're not going to understand it. Joke's on you. Look at us now. <laughs> so I put it on TikTok and uh, overnight it had 3 million views. And I was like, okay, this is, this is what people want right now. So then I took it over to the uh, NFL and, and took it from there. And, and that's it. Did, when you recorded that first one, did you even think it would be a series? Did you think it was just going to be a one-time thing and that would be it, move on to the next thing? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I thought maybe I'll do the other conferences. So I did the SEC and the ACC and all the, you know, power five, but then I didn't see a series until NFL season started and NFL is my wheelhouse. So I thought, well, how can I bring this to what I actually love to talk about? Um, and then it just hit me, you know, weekly. Why not? There's so much content in the NFL and it's, it's basically a, it's its own drama series. So why not make a whole skit about it? And, and people have asked me like, well, are you ever going to run out of content? I don't think so because the NFL never runs out of content. <laughs> I mean, it's the NFL. There's always going to be someone to make fun of. So, 
So I was just going to ask you the next question is, how have you managed to stay at the top of your game as well? Because I think with social media, we see people come and go all the time. You'll see something that's a trend a month or two later and people are like, oh, I'm past it. Right. Genuinely, your videos are retaining the same level of engagement. Still people talking about it every week. How have you managed to make sure that it stays fresh and interesting uh, whilst oh, you. keeping your format? Right. Thank you. Um, you know, that was the hardest thing I found out about doing social media because everybody tells you it's so fun and creative and all this stuff, but you'd never realize, and maybe it's just in sports too, but you always have to keep putting out content. And when the season's over, that's not a couple weeks off. That's not a break. You know, I still have to come up with more content and keep people interested. So that's been the hardest thing. Um, but the, the videos, I think I've, I've, adapted to the instead of you know sticking with what I'm just doing um I've adapted I've made the videos better I've gotten better at editing I've um tried to continue to improve them as you know social media improves and I think that's the other big thing about social media is not being so stuck in your routine that you don't evolve into what's growing on that app or on that certain platform um sticking with the trends like I I keep track of a lot of things that are going on in um, in the, you know, trending news so that I can use those jokes in my videos. So I chose that I'm up to date on things. So it's a lot of research. Um, but I think the the best, the, the biggest thing as to why it's still doing well, what I hope it's still doing well is because I'm sticking to what the original concept was, you know, so you can evolve, you can adapt to what's new, but stick to that main idea. Cause that's what people liked from the, from the jump. And it's, you know, it's roasting players. It's not backing down from uh, a joke that, and, and it's even turning down brand deals because they don't want me to make those jokes, but I know that's my, that's my brand. That's my image. And, uh, and I want, I want fans to rely on me for that. So it's been, it's been just so fun. I absolutely love it. Um, and I love that it's growing and people still like it. So I'll keep doing it. <laughs> And literally moments before we started talking, your AFC fan input video just <laughs> oh, went live that. as well. I did. I was first watched it. That's why I was slightly late for this You think call I'm as on well. top of my game. Look at you over here. Jeez. <laughs> but right away, um, you know, great content. Brilliant to get that engagement from people as well. How many videos are you getting and how long does it take you to go through them all? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question because someone, someone DM'd me and they were like, I know you're never going to see this. I'm like, do you guys think I don't go through those videos? Because I do. I'm the one that goes through all of those. So it's been, uh, it's been a process because I flew into Vegas yesterday. I had everybody send in their videos by Sunday night. So I'm, as I'm flying, as I'm packing, I'm going through and saving, you know, downloading the videos and going through all of them. Um, and then I separate them to AFC and NFC and people are still sending them. And I feel so bad because I don't want to miss any of the videos, even if it doesn't make the final cut, I want to still try it and try and fit it into the video. So, uh, it was a long process. Um, I think I got, Ooh, at least a couple hundred videos. I didn't probably. keep track. I probably should have counted. Um, but it was it was quite a few. It was quite a few. I had I needed help to go through them a little bit. But um, but yeah, I downloaded all of them myself and hopefully put them into the video the way that people like the NFC ones coming out tomorrow. So the AFC one seemed to seem to do do well for the couple minutes I saw it out there. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, it starts perfectly. The Buffalo Bills fan lifted the flag, it's throwing so it, funny. and it going wide right. I was like, you just <laughs> it's just perfect. Um, oh, I saw that and I was like, I can't not make that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. <laughs> and, and, and this is it like there's there's some of these jokes as well that you can go back to again and again and in doing so it keeps it funny but is there uh, particular players or particular teams and jokes that you like to go back to is there ones that you're almost seeking a little bit that's a great question too um it's more, you know, I think there's certain jokes that I like to make because of I'm a football fan, right? So there's certain, like, obviously bears jokes I love because I'm a Packers fan, but I think it's the, the funniest is when 
people will tag me on Twitter when breaking news happens. So like Arthur Smith, the whole hiring of him, the Steelers hiring him and him being fired. I got tagged so many times on Twitter. So it's those jokes that make me think, okay, this people can tell what jokes I enjoy making or what certain players or coaches I like making fun of. And to, to the point where they think of me when they see breaking news about them. So that's, that's what I try to build up this, um, this narrative of, of who I don't like and who I do like. And it's very clear in the videos. You can tell who I do and don't like Arthur Smith is one of them that I did not like. So, um, so just jokes like that, I'll, I'll kind of, um, see, I'll throw it out a couple of times and see if it catches traction. If they can tell this is a person I actually genuinely don't like, and I'll keep making jokes about them. And I just kind of go from there. It's funny that you bring up Arthur Smith as well, because um, obviously we have this new trend with the NFL where players get to wear badges on their, you know, oh, yeah. so we've got Jamie Gillen, the punter at the uh, the Giants, Scottish, Graham Gano, not many people know, but he was born in Scotland as well. So they're wearing the mm. saltire, the Scotland flag. We've got David Ajabo at the Ravens. He's got the Nigerian yeah. flag and the Scotland flag. We know about those guys. Yeah. Arthur Smith rocks up with the Scotland flag on. And genuinely we're like, what? What? And none of us can find out what the connection is. No idea. Really? So if you ever get the chance to speak to him, I might. The topic's probably oh going to have gosh. a point before you get to it. He, but why is he got a fraud. Stolen flag on? He's such a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Man, because if he can't make it in the NFL, he's thinking, maybe I'll go, I'll go coach football, real football over there, you know? <laughs> what a guy. Absolutely. What a guy. What a guy. This mustache is it. thinks he's Scottish. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, you know, I'm here for the content. And as long as he's doing it, we'll keep signing up to it. <laughs> right, right. So what does Super Bowl week look like for you then? Like you just said, you're in Vegas. So what, what are you doing this week? Great question. Um, This week is it's so up in the air because there's so many media things leading up to the actual game. Um, but It's a lot of Radio Row stuff. So Radio Row is all the media people and a lot of the NFL network. They have a lot of their shows um, they host out there. Um, so I think we're going to head there. Tonight is opening night. So it's like the first media availability. Uh, Monday night and we'll head there. And I think I'm going to do a live hit for my, my uh, stadium network in Chicago. This the company that I work for. And then tomorrow, um, tomorrow through Thursday and Friday is radio row stuff. I'm going to be doing a bunch of interviews and, um, and just kind of networking with people. And then Thursday night, I'm going to NFL honors. So that'll be fun. I host it. I did a red carpet last year. This year, I'm just going as a, as an observer, as a red carpet walker. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and then we have a couple other, like there's an ESPN party Saturday. The hardest thing with this is it, like I say, a party is in like, you think you can just go relax and enjoy, but you're going from being on radio row all day. And then you have to go network at night too. So it's not like you can just throw back drinks and, and, you know, <laughs> kind of enjoy your, I mean, I guess you could, but for people in the media, you know, you want to network and, um, and make yourself available to other people and talk to people as much as you can. So it is a marathon. It is not a sprint, let me tell you, but it is the best week other than draft week. It's probably the best week because as a football fan, how could you not want to be here? Well, well, this is it. There's so much going on. It's like such a condensed period. Now, we've never made it to Radio Row, where we're good friends with Kevin Harlan, the CBS oh, yeah. um, announcer. We spoke to him earlier in the week, and he's already said he'll try and get us a space next year in New Orleans. Oh, good. So I've already been looking at flights. You know, we've got oh, to do good. these things. Oh, got my to gosh. Do these I'll, things. Be, I'll be on the show live. That would be yeah, oh, that would be brilliant. Uh, <laughs> listen, just come over. I, I reckon go and speak to the guys from Scotland about American football. There's oh, going to yeah. be some demand for that, surely. Well, as I surely. told you from the start, I'm I could talk, I could hear you guys talk all day long. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's better than any accent I've ever heard. It's just the best. It's the best. Our listeners will definitely appreciate that for sure. <laughs> um, and this is it. You need to do an international um view video contribution then. Next time, next season, the international games. Just get international. Oh, you know, I used it when it was the German game. I used a German, I said something in, in German 
that it was, it was like fraud. I called them, I call the dolphins frauds in German. And so many people commented, you said it the right way or where, you know, I have a lot of international followers. I didn't even know about. So credit to you guys. You guys are great. Not only are you watching games at one in the morning and midnight, but you're also watching my content. So props to you. <laughs> I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Thoroughly enjoying it. So what about the game then? Do you get the game off? Do you get to just watch the game or will you be working there as well? So I'll be at the, <clears throat> excuse me, there'll be a pre, <clears throat> my goodness, hopefully I don't get sick. Oh, that'd be the worst. <laughs> I, there's a pre um, event before the game and I'll do do some content networking stuff. And then a lot of content for the first half of the game at the actual game. And then for the second half, I actually have a deal with Verizon. So they have a kind of a watch party that I'm going to go to. So I can actually watch the game. And I told my agent, I was like, you do realize that a watch party, like I'm not going to be talking to people. I'm going to be watching the game and tweeting about it. So, uh, so hopefully that'll be a little reprieve from being out there with everybody. And cause as much as I love being at the game, it's, it's hard to watch an NFL game when you're there. I mean, it's, you don't hear the announcers, you don't see, you know, the first third down, it's just hard to, it's a different experience. So, um, I think this will be the kind of the best of both worlds. So I'm going to do that. And then back to putting together a video recap video on Monday. So. <laughs> Absolutely. We look forward to that. And what are you hoping for from the game? Uh, I just want it to be a good one. I already am disappointed with this this matchup. I, I'm sure everybody is. And it's so funny because there's no, like we always like an underdog, right? We want to root for an underdog. That would have been the Detroit Lions, obviously. But with these two teams, <clears throat> we have a clear underdog with Brock Purdy and nobody likes it. America's like, excuse me america's like no no no. we don't want that underdog story he's like, too things, underdog but, it's but almost like there's an underdog under, online a, yeah yeah right. it's a mr irrelevant playing in a super bowl youngest to play it and we just we just don't like the narrative so uh, this game is already and we've already gotten it four years ago we don't want to experience this again um i i'm just hoping for a good one do i want the chiefs to win no and <laughs> I, but i also it's the 49ers and as a packers fan <laughs> i can't really root for them so i legitimately am screwed but i my sports bets are going to be the only thing that give me pleasure throughout this whole game so <laughs> as is the case at. for so many as is the case for so, so many, many so, so many. let's talk about the Packers then because uh part of our team we do is a Packers fan um we spend a lot of time talking about them we spent a lot of time talking about Jordan Love the start of the season mm. a bit of ridicule thrown his way because Jordan Love didn't come out so hot right turned it around and obviously the the, the bar is going up the way um right. how you know it's probably too early to absolutely nail it on but how much better than Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre do you think he's going to be Oh, that's a tough one. You know, I, it is. They were talking about the other day on one of the morning shows. It's amazing. His drastic turnaround is, is one we've probably never seen in a young quarterback like this. I mean, it was it was like week eight because we lost to, to a couple of games. I thought there's no way we're losing to Falcons, Raiders. I thought there is no way at the beginning of the season I had it planned out. I said we're over nine and a half wins. We were we were close. But those two wins were, I thought, a lock. Um, So then to drastically turn it around, I think it was week eight to just be because we were talking about how he wasn't the answer. And now he's, we're comparing him to Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, like you said. Um, I think he only goes up from here. He he not only, he, he handled the pressure and, and was a leader, but he looks great in the pocket when he throws off his back foot, granted when he doesn't throw across his body and an interception in the NFC Championship game. Or it was the, raining, uh, it's fine, it's raining, it, it was, was raining. It, yeah. was fine. it was raining. But he looks, I mean, he looks so good. And just the overall talent-wise, I'm so excited I'm going to delete all my tweets back at, during the draft when we traded up for him. And I said, it was the stupidest pick ever. Who would do that? I also, I also uh, tweeted about Joe Barry multiple times and then he looked great in the second half of the season. So more so maybe in the playoffs, but anyway, don't listen to me is basically what I'm saying. When it comes to the backers, there's too much emotion involved and I'm usually wrong, but this one, uh, this one, I feel very confident on Jordan love is the future. 
he is the future. And, and this is why the NFL is great, right? Because somebody that can be a bit shit for eight weeks can suddenly be the next best thing and then go right. blow out the Cowboys and right. delight a nation. In fact, a, nay, a world. Delight a world because even we don't buy into the narrative of America's I was going to say, what are you, do you guys hate Cowboys fans out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. How now uniting is that? Now that the Isn't Patriots that... are rubbish again, we can just lump in on the Cowboys and just be done with it. It's totally fine. I love it. This could solve all our world problems. It's just <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> to the table. Hey, guys, do you know what? We're at loggerheads here. But Next United it, Nations. We could Next be United the Cowboys. Nations. By the way, we could be the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, the common ground we never knew we had. There you go. And we've discovered something here it. tonight. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, so what does the summer look like for you then? You're saying obviously content and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming next thing's free agency, the draft, there'll be more content to come out of that. Yeah, that was the other thing too that I realized really quickly. There's no off season in the NFL. We get maybe a month in June, um, but I'll do, um, so post Super Bowl. I'll take maybe like a week break, hopefully. <laughs> and then I'll transition to March Madness, um, do a lot of sports betting content there. I was in Vegas a year ago for March Madness here, and it is electric being here for that. Um, so I'll do a lot of that content. I'll do a little Masters content because f- football fans love golf. So I'll do some yeah. Masters stuff and then uh, transition to the draft and then free agency. And it's kind of just picks up from there. Um, like I said, there's one month maybe, but then you get, you know, postseason NBA, you get postseason baseball, and then it picks right back up into football again. So it's really a seamless transition, um, in my mind. And it's just, I just kind of follow whatever sports fans follow. And cause obviously I, I am one, I mean, that's who I'm, that's who my audience is. So, um, yeah, the content just kind of comes hopefully. And you're from Michigan, right? So the Correct. fact that the draft is in Detroit, does oh, that make it gosh. extra nice? I'm like so a home excited. Advantage, right? I'm so excited, except people are asking where to stay and what to do. And I'm like, first of all, it's changed so much from when I lived there. I was two when we moved um, and my family lives on the west side now. But I I have such a place in my heart for Detroit because it is like it's just so they're such tough, hardworking people and it gets such a bad rap a lot of the time. And it's just it's it's such a great city like they people there will give you the shirt off your back, shirt off their back, not off yours. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't put it past them, but <laughs> but they're just the, they're just the best people. Um, And I think the draft is going to be great for that city because then people really see what improvements they've made. So it should oh, be yeah. and it's close for me. So yes, the improvements. Um on the field and off the field, you know, correct. Um, oh, and that's what wait, we want to wait see. Wait a right? transition in that. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I am so impressed with this Detroit Lions team. I I wanted them so badly to win this game. And people are like, oh, they'll be back. They'll be back. Do you know how many things have to line up to get back to where you were? I mean, not to be Debbie Downer here, but they were on such a run and they everything, even with like injuries, everything lined up really well timing wise. Um, you know, they, they can work on their secondary, they can improve in the draft, but they're going to have such a hard schedule next year because they made it when you, you know, a team makes it so far in the playoffs in the postseason, you, you lose out on coaches, which thankfully Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson are returning. So don't have to worry about that, but you miss out on improvements in the off season. You can't, you know, catch up on what you need to catch up on. And then they're going to play eight games ne- or eight teams next season. They're all playoff contenders. So it's going to be a tough schedule. It's going to be hard to get back there, but this team is finally a team that Detroit fans can be proud of. And I'm so impressed by them. Has Dan Campbell been good for you for content? Oh my gosh. So even when his first, when he first got hired in the whole kneecap biting kneecaps thing, I knew this coach was going to be electric and he, he is the epitome of Detroit. Like the all grit. Oh my gosh. And I, I don't know if you know about my brother's a huge Lions fan. So he's drilled it into me every <laughs> single day. It's kind of annoying. If the, I'm so glad the Packers did not play the Lions because it would have been like world war three in my family and, he probably would never talk to me again. So, 
And it's an added edge next year to those games because the Lions and the Packers are on the up. The Lions got to keep it going. The oh, yeah. fraught household. Everybody, fraught every basically everybody once Kirk Cousins and Je- Justin Jefferson are completely healthy, everybody in the NFC North is on the up except for the Bears. So yep. that's a win for me. <laughs> <laughs> Some things never change. Some things, Some things never change. Never change. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Listen, really appreciate your time. Uh, we are probably standing, like I say, between you and a few mimosas, uh, oh, and I'm sure you've I got a whole that. load, a whole load of interviews lined up. But oh. absolutely brilliant to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Genuinely, Thank you guys so much. I know our uh, listeners will be delighted to hear from you. Uh, oh, and good. Anytime. when when you make it over to Scotland, you got to give us a shout. The whiskeys are on us. Uh, oh, and perfect. We'll, uh, we'll get a room big, for the Scottish people and chat football. Brilliant. That's, that's brilliant. perfect. I'll be there. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, have a great Super Bowl week, Anne Eager. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to continuing to watch your brilliant content. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Richard Graves, delighted to have you back on Stramash, live from Sin City. How is the vibe in Vegas? Um, Well, the vibe, as you can probably tell from the sound and see over my shoulder it's, it's pretty good Charles I've got to say the vibe outside the auditorium isn't quite as good because it appears I've brought the good old British weather with me to, to Vegas to have four straight days of rainfall um there it's that nigh on panic stations here because this just doesn't happen in Vegas but we're reliably informed by those good old meteorologists who never get anything wrong um but it's all going to stop tomorrow and it'll be sunshine from here on in you're sitting in Radio Row, and if I could describe the scene behind you, it's it's warming up. It's obviously mid-morning there, but it's just a massive complex of the world's sports media descending on the Super Bowl. Just give us an idea of what it's like to work in that environment. It, it's different. Um, for so many, I mean, th- what you can see behind me, it's literally only a half full right now. We're on Tuesday morning, local time. Radio Row doesn't really start heating up till... Tuesday afternoon and then everybody flies into town and this time tomorrow morning this place will be rammed um it, Super Bowl's gone by fans have had access uh, to walk around the outside I don't think that's the case this year but that won't make any difference literally anyone you can think of that is anybody will be here um as free as you're ever going to find them to do interviews have chats some will be pushing their own commercial brands some will be looking for a bit of of uh, commercial advertising opportunity. Others will be here, former players, maybe out of contracts, pending free agent players, just wanting to get on the airwaves and make sure that their name and voice isn't forgotten about when free agency kicks in uh, c- come mid-March. So uh, th- this is really seen uh, anybody that's got an agenda to try and push in a 25 years experience I have uh, plus of, of broadcasting. I've ne- never been anywhere like this where people are literally throwing themselves at you to get in front of a bike and just talk i mean you know as well as i do charles that it half the time certainly a listers maybe c listers as well it's like gold dust getting two minutes with them tables are turned on it's so busy that the signal uh from vegas to scotland is struggling here so we'll keep going um i can see behind you over your right shoulder there is what looks like um a cartoon version of the cleveland browns mascot la perrada so it's not just american outlets uh, who are there? There's, there's all f- from all over the world. You're there for your podcast, Graves on Gridiron. Which A-list are you getting on your pod this week? Uh, well, well, Graves on Gridiron is my own outlet, obviously, but uh, I'm also here to work on behalf of several other clients as well, both um, on television and on social media. So it's certainly going to be uh, a busy week. Um, at the moment, I've got 
Um, guests lined up from former NFL players to former Premier League players. We'll keep that one under wraps um, and, until he actually does turn up here because you know as well as I do, Charles, you never believe it till you see it. Um, but th that's looking promising at the moment. Um, I'll be speaking to to national and local broadcasters in the States as well ahead of Sunday's big game because, look, it doesn't get much bigger than this. The San Francisco 49ers, storied franchise, five-time Super Bowl winners, against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now at the fourth Super Bowl in just five years. Just take a second to think about that. And they're looking to do what no team has done in over two decades. If they can go back-to-back, -back, the last team to do that were, were the New England Patriots way back at the turn of, of the century. And then you'd really have to seriously start looking at these Chiefs and say, this is a, a modern-day dynasty. Yeah, and um, I mean, we have a, a rather frustrated 49ers fan on the podcast in Cameron who's determined to downplay the fact that they're favourites this week. Is is the feeling really, though, that this game on the ground that is going to be too close to call? We're going to keep saying that the Niners should win this here uh, because it's good for the uh, storyline and it's good for the wind-up merchants amongst us on the podcast. But is, is it too close to call, do you think? It's excellent for the wind-up merchants. I've got <laughs> friends as well that are 49ers fans uh, and nobody's saying anything other than a 49ers win because he sees that as being the kiss of death on their chances, which... <laughs> You know, for anybody else, it's hilarious. Not so much for him, it might, it might be said. Um, I've got to be honest, where, when we knew which two teams were going to the Super Bowl, I looked at the, the line that the odds makers had set right out the door. Two and a half point favourites the San Francisco 49ers were just over a week ago. And I nearly fell off my chair. I could not believe it, given what we've seen from Mahomes and the Chiefs in, in this postseason. That's now narrowed. It's come down to one and a half, maybe just a single point. Um, but still in favour of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and the problem I have with, with this is that you've got one team in the Kansas City Chiefs that have been there, done it, bought the T-shirt. They are the reigning Super Bowl champions against another team in the San Francisco 49ers that have got a storied past, no question about it. But this is a team that have been to the NFC Championship in each of the last three years. This is the first time they've even made it to the Super Bowl. The last time they were here was four years ago. They played the Kansas City Chiefs and they blew a double-digit fourth-quarter lead. Kyle Shanahan, obviously the head coach, then as he is now. And I will go back even further to Super Bowl 51 when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. Midway through the third quarter, I'm sorry to say that I wrote on social media, put a fork in the New England Patriots, this game is done. The reason I did that was because they were losing 28 points to three. No team in the history of the Super Bowl had ever overturned that deficit to go on and lift the Lombardi Trophy. And inexplicably, you look back at that game and Kyle Shanahan decided to put the ball in the hands of his quarterback, Matt Ryan, rather running the ball. That led to turnovers and stops. And of course, we all know what happened next. The rest is history. It went to overtime. Uh, and in a puff of smoke, the Atlanta Falcons from a seemingly... Um, impregnable position uh, had lost the Super Bowl. So you, you've got all that that has to weigh to some degree on the shoulders of their head coach uh, and their players. And you're going up against a team that we've seen on the road in Buffalo and then Baltimore just over a week ago just seems to be made with ner nerves of steel. They're ice cold. They've been clinical in the playoffs. And for that reason and that reason alone, I'm really struggling to look past them. Yep, me too. <laughs> Which is that's going to be the narrative this week, um, certainly here. And I think this, you, you, you know, you, you talk about Kyle Shanahan, and there's a bit of weight of history there, um, and everyone will have their opinion about that. I am not a 
fan of Kyle Shanahan. I think he's he's done a lot of good work, but I'm not a fan of him generally. So we'll leave that for others to judge. Um, I want to I want to dig into some of the stuff that we don't see here. So you've been to what a, nearly a, a dozen Super Bowls now. How does this compare though? This is the first Super Bowl has ever been in Vegas. Mm. The ones that you've been to in the past, do you get the sense that this is? you know, on a completely different scale because it's Vegas, because of all the razzmatazz surrounding it, and also because of the backstory that is Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, that, that that's a, a whole other segment in, in itself. Um, it, it's made me laugh no end. The immediate narrative as soon as the Chiefs had won their place in Super Bowl 58 was, oh, watch out, Taylor Swift is having a concert in Tokyo on the Saturday night. Will she even be able to make it? No one at that point had taken into account the fact that there's a 17-hour time difference between Vegas uh, and Tokyo. So that concert, which is happening on Saturday night local time in Japan, is effectively Friday night here in Vegas. So she'll have time to, to have a nap, hop on a private jet, and still be here by late Saturday night. So we'll just park Taylor Swift for the, for the time being. Um, as, as regards this as a host venue itself, um, I think you've got to give it a whole week before you, you come down one way or the other. What I will say is this, every Super Bowl venue is different. And the one massive thing that Vegas has going for it is that everything is within walking distance. Mm. You know, the, the airport is five minutes drive for, from the hotel. Radio Row is five minutes walk from the hotel. Um, the convention center where other events are happening, uh, for example, even Allegiant, Allegiant Stadium, where we had opening night, the media availability of the players uh, last night. That, again, is a five-minute drive away. You can still walk it if you want to. So the proximity of everything is a massive tick for people like me in the media that want to get round. Um, but look, come on, it's Las Vegas. They, they've made that the history of this place is made on entertainment. It's mm. the entertainment industry. They certainly know how to put on a show. And I think there's, there's going to be no problems with that here um, this week. As I say, I had a chance to step up inside Allegiant Stadium for the first time yesterday. It is a magnificent facility. It really is. You go through the suites, they're state of the art. Nothing is left um, to, to chance. There, there is a single viewpoint inside that stadium um, that has an obstructive view. Uh, the acoustics, superb, uh, and it's brand shiny, sparkling new as well to, to boot. So as long as the weather plays ball with us uh, come game time on Sunday, I think everybody will be happy. Interesting on the weather, and th there was a bit of chat at the start of the week about the fact that the, the 49ers are having to train at the, the University of uh, Nevada or University of Las yep. Vegas. The, 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 yeah, Kansas City are the home team. They've got the the Raiders com complex. They can train there, and there's been issues with the the the, the playing surface in at the University of Nevada for for San Francisco. Is that is that really come out? Has that been a thing, or is that a bit of gamesmanship? You know, perhaps from a bit of people in the background, sort of throwing that out there as a story. Well, there's probably an element of gamesmanship <laughs> to it, but it's it's definitely a thing as well. I, I attended uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell's news conference yesterday, and he, he was asked that very question. It was brought mm. up in that news conference to the commissioner. So make no mistake, it is a thing. But here is the other thing. We've all heard, as the season's gone on, occasional complaints from players, coaching staff, whoever it may be, um, about the, the downside of playing on artificial turf and impact on, on certain injuries or the perceived impact. So I, I don't know exactly how they came to be practicing on, on an artificial field that has now had a, a top layer of nap 
actual grass put on it. But I have to believe that was in conjunction with the San Francisco 49ers organization. Um, so it, it wasn't just landed on them. It's not like the NFL sprung a surprise on them. What nobody could have factored in was the fact we were going to have four, state, four days straight rain. And that really has thrown a spanner in the works. But look, this is America, Charles. Everybody plays football right through from high school to collegiate to the NFL. Um, it, it is the national game over here. Don't be fooled into thinking for one second that the San Francisco 49ers have been left high and dry without any practice facility heading into the final week of the Super Bowl. That just is not the case. Yeah, that would certainly suit the conspiracy theorists, uh, which I, <laughs> I read one this morning suggesting that this is all an elaborate plot to get Joe Biden reelected. Um, so you can believe what you like, but uh, it would it would certainly suit some narratives. Um, just... If you can look back at the Super Bowls that you've attended in the past um, mm. throughout your broadcasting career, which of them stand out? And has there been anything, any sort of little nuggets that have been remained memorable over the years and the ones you've been? Because you've been all over the States covering the biggest game. Yeah, we, we, we've been, I've been very fortunate. Um, let's make no mistake about it. I've covered the Super Bowl now for over a decade. I've been in venues from coast to coast. Um, the first one is obviously going to stand out because it's the first one and because I was lucky enough that it happens to be the only one that's ever been held in New York City. Um, the weather was un unusually mild throughout the week. Game day, day, I can remember being literally down into shirt and tie. It, it was that mild. Um, and the Seattle Seahawks fan base turned out in mass. Um, number one ranked offense of the Denver Broncos against the number one ranked defense. It was made for a classic matchup and the Seahawks just blew them out. Peyton Manning was just blown away from the very first snap. If you remember, it went over his head and um, was touched back for a, for a safety and two points to Seattle. That set the turn. So, so that will be memorable always because it's first. I've already touched upon uh, the one in Houston, Super Bowl 51. Memorable because it's the greatest comeback anybody's ever seen in the history of the Super Bowl. Um, and then a few months later, again, another pinch me moment, if you like. I was in the, the office at, up at Foxborough of Robert Kraft. We'd had a chat. And he pulled out the Super Bowl winner's ring that he had in his drawer and said, here, j just put that on your finger. And it, as I did, it, it was massive. It was like a lead weight on, on my hand. And he just, <laughs> just took that opportunity to point out that there's 283 diamonds in, in that, just so that every player remembers that we were trailing 28 points to three. Oh, that's that trolling, game. isn't it? That's fantastic That, that really trolling. is trolling. Um, I, but the one that really I would say is above all the rest is the – the last one I was actually here for, which was four years ago, which was this Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers game. Because in the week building up to it in Miami, it had all the hype that goes with the Super Bowl. But it was because it was the storied franchise of the San Francisco 49ers looking to turn back time and win another Lombardi trophy against the Kansas City Chiefs, who not only had they not won a Lombardi trip, they hadn't even been to the Super Bowl in 50 years going into that game. And yet here they had a young, exciting quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Couldn't he be the face, of, not just of the franchise, but of the NFL going forward? He'd need to win that game if that was the case. Um, and everybody had been talking about the offense. And for three quarters, it was the San Francisco 49ers defense which dominated that game. And going into the fourth quarter, the Chiefs are staring down the barrel. They're trailing by... 10 points and then we've all seen America's game and the timeout and the decision to go with the wasp play he hits Tyreek Hill down the left left half of the field first down a couple of plays later they're in the end zone and in a blink of an eye from trailing by 20 points to 10 they were up by 11 it was 31 20 
Um, they went on to to win the Lombardi Trophy, the first Super Bowl for Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. And that's really kicked them on from there. Um, and the reason it is my favorite one is because quite often with these big events, the game itself never lives up to the hype. That day, everything that was talked about in the week leading up to the game came to fruition and it absolutely lived up to the hype. It was a sensational week, a fantastic game that lived up to the billing. Uh, and this week we'll take some if it's going to surpass that. Yeah, Mahomes, I guess he stands on the threshold, if you like, of of matching Brady in that opening period of Brady's career. Um, and he talked a brief... Well, a let, little, let's not forget, yeah. when, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's now been to six straight championship games in six straight years as a starter. Tom Brady never did that. Tom Brady was 30 before he'd won as many postseason games as Patrick Mahomes has. Patrick Mahomes is still two years younger. So right. Brady is the GOAT. Make no mistake about it. You know, he's got six Lombardies. Um, you know, no, no, no um, organization has got more Lombardi trophies that, than Tom Brady has himself. So that, that is the standard, the gold standard of the NFL. But make no mistake, Patrick Mahomes is on a trajectory to match it maybe. Mm. surpass it possibly time will tell but um if he's going to catch tom brady he, he needs to be taking every opportunity that presents itself to him and that starts with this sunday yeah indeed um we'll let you go shortly i have to have a, a quick word about your uh, beloved dallas cowboys last time you were on the podcast so you're breaking up i can't hear you Charles, uh, I, 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 I thought i thought you might i thought you might um we we talked to you know we're no different to the situation that um they were in when you were last on that prescott still lighting it up but they've never managed to the, to, to produce it in the postseason when it matters i guess when you came into the postseason we've talked about those who were under pressure to perform uh josh allen kyle shanahan for example um, Dak Prescott, what about your Cowboys, Richard? Are you ever going to fulfill your destiny to go and watch the Cowboys in a Super Bowl? Do you think it's possible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that a question? Um, I, and I'm not going to give you a straight answer to that because um, <laughs> I frankly don't know. I, I think the problem you've got as an outsider l- looking in with the Dallas Cowboys right now is we, we speak about the, the weight of history that the San Francisco 49ers deal with, um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are just one year less since they won their, their fifth and most recent Super Bowl. 28 years since Dallas um, last lifted that Lombardi trophy. And of course, it's America's team. Many of the analysts are former Cowboys players. And, you know, wherever you turn in America, you'll hear a, a Michael Irvin or an Emmett Smith um, talk, you know, Charles Haley even talking about that team, the triplets. Troy Aikman, you know, mm. he's. On the on the um, number one ESPN team, Fox before that, we we with Joe Buck, uh, and of course you've got an owner in Jerry Jones that uh, never ceases or tires in telling everybody that this is the biggest organization in sports. Uh, and if if I had half of his business acumen, then you know I'd share the, the wealth with you, Charles, because how on earth you go twenty eight years without winning a thing and yet turn that organization into the richest franchise in the world? not just in the NFL, but across all sports in the world. It's worth over $8 billion, phenomenal amount. Um, you know, kudos to him on that. But you remember when he first took over the Cowboys? He said, the name of the game is win. We're here to win. And for the first few years, him and Jimmy Johnson did that. But they haven't done that in 28 years now. And so I think the current generation, 
They feel all that. They hear it. It's around them all the time. They're told about it by local broadcasters. Um, the, the spotlight shines brightest on Dallas. It make no mistake whether they're playing well or not. They fill up their their allocation of five primetime games every season. And until these players, maybe even the head coach, Mike McCarthy, can find the formula to overcome that mental block, you're, you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're still going to get those games you know, against San Francisco in the regular season, against the Green Bay Packers um, in the postseason, where the Cowboys just seem to fall flat on their face and don't, they don't play as well as they should. They don't do themselves justice in those big games. And it just leads to, to disappointment and then more conversations like you and I are, have, uh, are having now. It's down to that group of players to change that narrative uh, mm. because until they do, this conversation is not going to change. Well, it makes for excellent content for the rest of us, I have to say. It certainly um, does. Listen, have a great week. Um, where will we see you on Sunday? Will you be in the media box? Are you going to get down on the field at full time? What's Where can we spot uh, you from 10,000 miles away? <laughs> I, I won't be on the or At least I have no plans to be on the field uh, come <laughs> the end of the game. But never say never. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I'll certainly be inside the stadium, uh, be updating on social media. I've got clients before and after as well that, I'll be working on, on behalf of outside the stadium. So it's going to be a busy day. But look, anytime anybody tells you that this job is actually work, look what we're doing. We're, we're covering one of the greatest sporting events in the world. Don't, don't tell me it's work. It's there to be enjoyed. Soak it in um, and savor the moment. And the fact that people are, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough that people will pay us for the privilege of doing that. It, you know, just give thanks for that and be grateful. Indeed. Richard and Joy, thank you for joining us and stay out the casino. <laughs> I'll try. See you later, Charles. Thanks. Well, there you have it. A couple of great conversations, but that is the full-time whistle for this episode of Strabash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this in every single podcast. We've got more Super Bowl preview coming up for you later this week, but until then, bye for now. <laughs>